0: You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome back to the BUI podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. For those who have been scared or confused as to why there have been no podcasts in the past few months, well, the reason is is that D2 has firmly crawled up the cycling industry's butt to the point where Being a part of this podcast wasn't really a a good choice for his professional life in the short term, so uh, after doing a little thinking about it, I've decided uh, to kind of press on and try and do it on my own, which means that uh, the podcast will mostly be an interview form for the future, so going to roll with that and see how it works, and honestly, if I suck at it, I won't continue. Don't worry. Um, Any kind of feedback that you have, feel free to send it my way. 40hands at And while we are talking about changes, just to let you know, Mountain Bike Radio's webpage, www.mountainbikeradio.com, has gotten a nice little facelift, uh, where Ben has added the blog, uh, a whole bunch more about the contributors and ways to access the shows. So go ahead, give the webpage a, a new look, see what you think. Uh, feel free when you download the app to give a review. That really helps with the, uh, the promotion of the app and the podcasts. Uh, be sure to tell a friend and give all the feedback you can uh, become a member because Ben's got kids. He's got to put through college and all those little pennies count. And finally, the current iteration of the show is being brought to you by Conation collective, mostly because we interviewed Matt, uh, a few podcasts back about the line and it's finally made it out to production. It is available to the masses, no longer just a Kickstarter. So, Go ahead, check out their products, buy it, and put some uh, put some money in Matt's bank account and get that product out to the masses, www.conationcollective.com. All right, enough of paying bills. We're getting on to the good part. We have our first guest in the post-D2 era, Todd Sadow of Epic Rides. He, uh, When are you getting inducted into the Mountain Bike Hall of Fame? <laughs>
1: Not in the foreseeable future.
0: Is that because no one's nominated you, or you just don't think so?
1: I don't. I don't think I belong in there.
0: Okay, well we'll get into that because I mean, if I if I could do a decent job of writing and knew you better, I'd nominate you. Uh, Thank you. Just because I actually think that for the sort of nuts and bolts and and ins and outs and guts of mountain biking, you've probably been around at least for this century and had a great involvement in a really long-standing mountain bike series and event. Um, And you can't really say that about a lot of people.
1: (laughs) Fortunately for them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Well, getting into it, the big news from Epic Rides this year was the new race, the Carson City Off-Road, which is going to be later, uh, 2016, in July or June. I can't remember off the top of my head. June. June. Okay. So June. let's just get into that. Um, you could probably say that if you asked someone to name the capital of Nevada, they would say Las Vegas. And then when you told them they were wrong and that it was actually Carson City, they would think, uh, that's probably a town in Iowa. So <laughs> how did you wind up expanding your Epic Rides events to Carson City of all places?
1: Uh, that's really a funny, a funny point in that most people really have no clue where Carson City is, and it's funny because because then they're like, well, if it's not near Vegas, where is it? And you're like, well, have you ever been to Lake Tahoe? And everyone, yeah, I've been to South Lake Tahoe. They always you know specify, I've been to South Lake Tahoe. And it's like, all right, well then you had to have driven through Carson City <laughs> to get to South Lake Tahoe. Um, yeah, so we we were kind of pointed there by a friend of ours in the in the mountain bike community. Who took up residence in, in Reno and uh, and knew about a bunch of stuff um, happening in Carson City? Uh, they like all good trail systems. Theirs was built illegally, and uh, I shouldn't say that. That's probably whatever. anyways so uh, regulation. Wait, hang on a second. Isn't this this is the BUI podcast, right?
0: Yeah, you can. So, I I just assumed you were.
1: Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't know if there was like a a a proper of the beer in the podcast see not. that's
0: that's what Dan is there for and now with him i'm I'm I just drink without letting people know that I drink maybe that's a a bad sign but oh well
1: <laughs> I'm kind of honored to be the the first participant in the Buy podcast post post Dan's uh presence
0: yeah I mean you've I, I don't know if you have big shoes to fill you certainly have a a you know messy mop of hair to fill and some horrible language and off track discussion, so do your best.
1: Let me see if I can get a wig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Carson City, their trails, yeah. So, they had this like, they have, they have like a really passionate uh, trails community there that really wanted more mountain biking trails. And it's located in a great spot. It's just outside uh, the opposite side of the Sierra Nevadas from Lake Tahoe. Uh, so, their backyard is the the eastern um, boundary of the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And, um, so they started building trails and then the, of course, you know, at some point the city found out about it and, um, being, being the cool people that they are, they didn't abolish the trails. They saw the opportunity with it and embraced it. And then it's been kind of like, you know, like what just Like happily ever after. Since then, no, they're they're like proliferating. They've got tons of great trails, like a tremendous, uh, just tremendous trail network that is uh, slowly connecting to, um, like for instance, the Tahoe Rim Trail, which is also obviously notable and on the Tahoe side of the mountains. Um, And uh, so once they once I found out about this, I reached out to them, and it's funny, you know, we're you know in our national expansion. Uh, efforts. Uh, I knock on a lot of doors and say, "Hey, do you want a mountain bike event?" And you know, as much as most people are interested, uh, even Grand Junction took us, you know, the better part of like nine months to to get a, a green light to 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 produce the first year of that event. Uh, and Carson, <laughs> it was one phone call. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It was. It was the most. Uh, it's been. It's been the most pleasant experience. Uh, I can. I. I, I can't even. Begin to describe it. Uh, Literally, I reached out to um, my counterpart there and said, "Hey, you know, what do you think?" And um, and and in one phone call, I said, "Yeah, this sounds great. Let's do it. What do we need to do?" And I thought, "Huh."
0: uh (laughs) I wonder if that's just Nevada not really having laws.
1: Well, that's a whole. So I, you know, I, I learned from experience. But like, that's the other side of this thing is. We sit down with them. They they came to Grand Junction this year to, to see the event and to sort of see what they were getting themselves into, basically. And and in the Grand Junction off-road, we had this, thanks to the, the downtown, our partnership with the Downtown uh, Development Authority, we have this massive, it's a four-city block beer garden, right? So the crit goes right down the middle of it, the expo's in it, um, all the concert stages are there. And so, like, you can hand up legally to a, a crit writer mm-hmm. because they're in the beer garden. As long as they finish it before they end the block, you know, and turn left. Um, but, but Carson saw that, Carson City, and they were like, we want that. Like, they well, they said
0: cool. we'll abolish open carry laws for the day so they can take beer hand-ups anywhere.
1: Dude, they did.
0: <laughs> really? I'm not – have you heard this? Like, do you know? That no, Stereo- I, I, I just I, – I it's horrible to say this. I, I base a lot of my guesses on stereotypes. Um, So I just, I mean, you could probably shoehorn in like a prostitute shortcut on the race course where (laughs) you just like, it's all right. You know, we're, you know, prostitute, you got to pay them, So it's all in the up and up, but we'll cut out half the climb right in the middle.
1: (laughs) So, so that component certainly exists in Nevada. Uh, It's not... (laughs) It's not as prevalent on the course, but it's in other parts of Nevada. Yet. So, so we're talking, we're we're talking to our our compadres there. You know, after we're in Grand Junction for the event, they saw it. Um, you know, one of the one of the folks from from Carson City rode in the the fifteen grand, got super lost, rode up the Ribbon Trail, which is <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and then anybody that's ridden the Ribbon knows you don't ride up the Ribbon. But anyways, um, survives it. Um, we're talking like hey we want a beer garden like that and we said okay that's cool we you know it's just going to take having uh you know having access to as many blocks as we can make a beer garden and like well, we'll just abolish the, the 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 open carry rule or law and, I, and we laughed and we thought that's that's cute for you to yeah. say that but you know like our official beers here in Nevada they hang their hat on being able to distribute in a state like Nevada right so yeah. if You know, if they're if they're selling beer to people and they're walking around illegally, and it's only because Carson didn't enforce a rule, like that's not it's not enough. We need a letter from the district attorney that says, "Hey, we literally have they've literally abolished the open carry law for the weekend of the Carson City off road." So a half hour later, so he whips out his phone, uh, (laughs) sends off an email real quick. Half hour later, (laughs) forwards. Forwards to me on letterhead from the district attorney, open carry law will be
0: abolished. <laughs> Man, I just – for for everyone out there who, who says that our government works far too slow, um, this is examples A through uh, Z right here of, of why sometimes people can get their shit done at an appropriate time. I love it. That's – so it's, now – I mean along those lines, so is this probably – of all the events you've put on in the very – I mean you've done Tucson – um, Grand Junction, Prescott, and uh, Pine Top, Lakesdale, and then I can't. What the sole ride technically was Tucson as well, right?
1: Uh, technically Oracle.
0: Okay, so I mean, is this kind of the most open environment and mentality you've ever had from a a town that you've dealt with?
1: Uh, yeah, it's certainly another level. Like Prescott, they're good at getting things done. You know the that event, like as it really started to to get traction, like moving us on to Whiskey Row, uh, putting a beer garden on the the courthouse lawn. <laughs> I remember know? that. I remember that. Yeah, those things. Let alone the the trails and having access to the trails, like those things all came through uh, really good cooperation. Impressive stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: so- I mean is, course,
1: another level
0: though is, is it is it a bit of a chicken or an egg sort of debate where I mean obviously, from what you've told, Carson City isn't gonna the the person who came down to Grand Junction isn't going to get in touch with a district attorney to say abolish the law for the day if you can't show them that you have your shit together as far as an organization and and how you you know herd the cats of people, but also to that extent you you wouldn't expect a municipality or people involved to go to that level of effort without already having the intrigue and interest and in wanting to make it happen.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, I
1: mean, it takes a good champion, and our contact there is, he's impressive, you know? Um, but that's also part of us, you know, again, why Carson City. When we met with them initially, they have a really good energy right now. Like, there's a lot of people... Running that that city, it's a combined municipality, so it's a city and a county. Which, I mean, that that it doesn't get better than that. Having one entity versus two yeah. that all that stuff. But like having a bunch of people that are the leadership within that entity that all want to see change. Um, they're they're slated. They're dropping into a renovation of their entire main street, uh, so Carson Street, where the event will be based, which is running down the, the you know the, the middle between like the district attorney's you know, the courthouse. All the legislative buildings, because it is the capital again. Um, it's it's an incredible environment, and they're about to renovate the whole like whole street, you know, the, the downtown to make it more um, more visitor friendly, more tourism based, hmm. and that's going to be our backdrop. But so they're they're already doing a lot to change their community, and we're kind of lucky to to be a partner in in building that identity, right? Being a part of, you know, they decided, hey, we want to be a mountain bike town as part of this change. You know, we've got great trails. We want to make sure people are aware of them and welcome mountain bikers here. So, um, you know, like people that people that come to the Carson City Off-Road this year will see the construction happening. Um, Some of it will be done. Some will be under construction. But people that make it, you know, two, three, four, five year foray in their life, which is pretty common for people that come to our events, um, they'll get to see Carson City go from, you know, a departure from what it is today to what it's going to become, which I mean, the timing for that whole region is kind of crazy with like Tesla and everybody else moving in. There's, there's a lot of change afoot,
0: you know? Yeah. And even, um, I know gr- granted we, we can't like anything too much that USA cycling does, but they're putting cross nationals over in, in Reno. Um, you know, and I even know, I mean, when, when people think of the Tahoe area, I think for destinations, it's always trucky to some degree, the Flume Trail, and then maybe even Downeyville, which is a, a bit further away, and then also Reno. So Carson City certainly is the and it's probably the same I don't know if you experienced that when you were putting together the whiskey up in Prescott because everyone when they thought Arizona it was you're you're riding South Mountain in in Phoenix or you're going up to Flagstaff or Sedona and and Prescott while unjustified that it got pushed to the back was just always, you know, fourth position where it seems like Carson city is right now and they're just saying, no, we're gonna, we're going to make it a destination. Mm-hmm. So that's all right. So then that'll lead into the next question. So you said you knock on a lot of doors about hosting events. I mean, for me, the the names that pop into my head that would work are, you know, and everyone's going to say this, like, why isn't there an event in bend? Why isn't there an event in sun Valley? Why not Moab? You know, what about Burlington, Vermont, or somewhere in the Piscas? and this is for Bend, we'll say Duluth. Um, You know, what other cities have you knocked on their doors and they've either said, we can't do it now, or they just flat out said, this ain't our style? I mean, obviously, you don't have to bash on anyone if you don't want, but where have you guys looked that it hasn't panned out?
1: Uh. So let me think about this. We've looked in a lot of places. Um, I've talked to Bend and they took a sincere interest and then ultimately declined. Um, It's funny from, from our standpoint as mountain bikers or even cyclists, like we look at like who doesn't want a a fun mountain bike event in their community. Right. Or, you know, these towns have great mountain biking. why Why wouldn't they welcome an event or something? Um, but what you run into in a place like Bend, they have a thriving tourism economy. And well, Bend is are
0: thriving everything.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so maybe they don't want an unwieldy mountain, you know, three days of unabashed mountain biking, uh, you know, taking place in their community the way that we present it. They they get it in a different form already. Um,
0: All right, so fuck them.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Like I said, they took a sincere interest. Like we had... We had, um, you know, pretty, pretty solid conversations and they were, they were definitely, um, you know, uh, a consideration for a while there and they were polite about the whole. (laughs) No ill will there. Um, the, the, the venue that I probably want most and, uh, and I'm still convinced that it'll, it'll come online eventually. They have some housekeeping to take care of. Uh, I'm definitely not going to disclose the name, but I think that, but what it really amounts to is that there's, uh, you know, what we're looking for is oftentimes the lesser-known uh, mountain bike destination that has incredible trails and a really cool community, you know, a great community to hang out in, you know, good, good bars, good restaurants, good trails, and good people. And and so, you know, like that's the that's sort of our, you know, our our go-to is finding the one that someone doesn't know about yet. You know, you mentioned like Prescott. People always surpassed Prescott, went right past it, went to Sedona and flag, you know? Um, but now I hear about people coming to Arizona to ride and Prescott's always one of the stops. You know, that. doesn't people, mean People
0: talk about moving to Prescott. People move to Prescott now. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But, but I guess the point being is that it's, the, the easy ones to point out are not always the, the right ones, you know?
0: Yeah, so it's always – so it seems like the diamond in the rough – is, is the goal to some degree, if it fits your, fits your parameters, but I'll get sidetracked. Can you at least give a geographic region of, of where the, uh, well, you know, I'll tell you what. That got away is located.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to make it, uh, as confusing as possible. Oh, okay. So no, um, North
0: of Mexico, but South of Canada.
1: The one that got away, you know, those leashes for dogs where you like push the button and it can run like 40 yards and then you, and then you stop the button and it like chokes up the dog real quick and it comes running back you in. Know? Okay. So it's not, it hasn't gotten away. It's just on one of those leashes. It's like, it's like running wild, but it's Are still you? at about 20 yards, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so that one's in the Northwest and okay. uh, it's actually the first venue I ever reached out to. Huh. And, and we got, um. Uh, we got yeah. decent traction off the get go. And like I said, they have some housekeeping to deal with. So once they so, once you re- they, so
0: then you must have reached out to them back in the early two thousands.
1: It's <laughs> this has been going on a little while. <laughs> okay, all
0: right. <laughs>
1: but not that long. Like our expansion started with Grand Junction and I had been on the on the phone, you know, like pound and pavement, um, probably what 18, two years before the first Grand Junction event. So we just had our third year, 2012. So five
0: years ago? Yeah, give or take. All Tells right. So it. if you land this location, someone will write a crappy pop song about it. <laughs> about, sure. about the one that got away that you were finally was, able to land.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Um, but in more recent times, I've been, uh, we've been scouting venues in the Midwest and the South for 2017 and we're getting a tremendous amount of response. Like people are, it's funny that the, the, you know, like I said, I've been banging on that door for for years now and they haven't quite gotten to the point where they're ready yet. And again, it's very finite things. Like once they can check two boxes, then those, you know, that allows them to move forward with an event from someone like Epic rides. Right. But, um, uh, these other communities that I reach out to now literally, uh, you know, it's been like the tables have turned. Instead of saying, "Hey, would you take us? You know, can we can we convince you to have a mountain bike event?" Instead, they're like, "Heck yeah! Like bring this to our community. We'd love to have a mountain bike event." You know? Whoa! So it's kind of a refreshing you know, turn of events.
0: Well, then, to that end, do you have? Is there a carrying capacity for epic rides in the events? I mean, are you looking to make a? We well, kind of saw that when uh when everything went down the shitter for mountain biking domestically that show air stepped up and decided we're going to make this national series um and i mean i don't have too much involvement or knowledge so but but it seemed like it was just the local community put on the race and show air gave them some money to stamp on something else um as far as the like this is the certification and and we'll help with the prize money or something along those lines. But I mean, is the goal to make a proper national series and do it over the course of, you know, basically from April and Prescott all the way through September and God knows where. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So then what's that carrying capacity for the number of events?
1: Well, so that's pretty crazy. Um, If you'd asked me that two years ago, I'd say it's five or six. Um, and that's always been the goal. Excuse me, but there's so much happening in the mountain bike space right now. Um, Wait, I think maybe all of it What's was
0: five or six off-road events or five or six total Epic Rides event. Because you're at that now, okay. aren't you?
1: Right. So five or six uh, off-road series events. OK. Uh, but I think that like one, we get calls from other countries now that say, hey, we'd love to have one of these events in our country. And it's not like a North American continent, you know, like really far away countries reach out and say, Hey, you know, which is flattering and cool, but our, you know, we got to stick to first, let's work on the USA, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but also the, the accessibility to the sport is changing for all the tinkering that this industry does, right? All the different headset sizes, all, the
0: all the new standards that come out there. every other year
1: yeah you know like fat
0: bikes plus bikes,
1: all these things for all the tinkering um I think that eventually and that's i think that's like a that's like a, a an acknowledgement of all the the great analytical minds that really appreciate mountain biking that's it's, it's kind of cool it's just a side effect is that there's always a new measurement for something and there's a new <laughs> standard but but like um i think what's what's happening is the accessibility to the sport is is evolving too like fat bikes. You know, as as much as they're they're like fun, they're like the great space coasters of of mountain bikes, like they also make it more accessible for someone that's not comfortable on a traditional old 26-inch wheel, you know, hardtail that got bounced around too much, right? Or or the plus bikes, which really make it accessible to go a little faster and, and have a little bit more leeway for error and so forth, you know? Um and then the quality of like full suspension that's happening now. I, I just got a new trail bike. It's my first time to ever have full suspension. And man, I'm, this is going to go down a, a rabbit hole right now, but I'm blown away. Like that, that has changed my life on a mountain bike. It's the most fun I've ever had mountain biking is on the trail bike. Um, but, but that said all this accessibility is leading to more people being able to enjoy mountain biking. That's the critical point here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and being able to get into it and, and not be, not be turned off because it was too abrasive the first mountain bike ride they went on or it was too challenging. Now things are slightly easier. You know whether and it's not because the trail became sanitized or something. It's because the bike can handle those trails better, and the person on it gets a little bit more room for error, more time to learn, more time to hone their skills. You know, um, that plus things like Nika. You know, Nika is just crushing it right now.
0: Um, oh, that's the uh, the interscholastic high school thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, National Interscholastic Cycling Association, and then you know, and they oversee all the chapters and then it's, you know, insert name of state, Arizona high school mountain bike league, uh, California has two NorCal and SoCal, Nevada state, uh, high school cycling league, Utah, you know, but their code, their goal is to be coast to coast by 2020. So they've got this, this bloodline of, of people that they're, you know, driving into the sport that had this really positive association with mountain biking. And, you know, as much as their events are, are, are races, like all, all types of kids are welcome to show up, ride and have fun. And as long as they finish, they're a winner. You know, that's the environment they're cultivating. And that's awesome because, frankly, that's kind of our environment too. <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah, it's the, uh, what does they always say at Single Speed Worlds? If Even if you finish first, you don't win or something like that. <laughs> or, yeah, no, that's, that's DJ at Single Speed Arizona where he always says, <laughs> as yeah. he's got a giant 14-inch dildo in his hand and he shouts <laughs> out, just remember if you're the fastest, you're not having the most fun. Yeah, and then, and then someone throws a rock at his head, and the race starts.
1: Dude, I'll tell you what that race—he's not—he doesn't produce it these days anymore. I think it's moved on to other people like Kalen and so forth. But in the days of DJ producing Single Speed Arizona, that was—and even last year with Kalen and 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 Dirty producing it—but that's possibly one of my most favorite events ever, ever experienced, dude. Yeah, it's I, like such a good day.
0: I—the uh, first time I did it was in. I think it was 2007, which is the one year I lived in Tucson. The only time they put it that that I was living there, it was on. And I mean, I, even though I had been racing and single speeding in Tucson, I didn't know like DJ and his whole posse yet and all the people who came down. And I mean, you could not imagine a more inviting people to a group, to like a single stranger or a more inviting person to a group of strangers. I, I just, and like, that's where I first got introduced to the, the, Chewy's and the Hurls and, and Nick from Surly and all them. And it's like, how how could, I mean, Chewy for fuck's sake, who's the godfather or grandfather of single speeding, who also too should be in the mountain bike hall of fame, in my opinion, yeah. who like wins awards at, at single speed worlds for drinking 19 beers in the day. And he's one of the most friendly people and inviting people you could ever imagine. Um, yeah. That, that event was, and it's on good trail too. I mean, if really you can good. survive Milagrosa on a single speed, you're you got some uh semblance of mountain bike chops. so
1: that are some cojones. Some you, serious cojones.
0: Yeah, and that um what it, and that too, the, the part of the AZT that's off uh, to the south of Reddington Road that you first after you do the big climb up Reddington, that first section of the Arizona Trail, that's that's just awesome. I mean yeah, I mean it starts off with a giant dildo being waved in your face when DJ's in charge and that's horrible but Otherwise, Single Speed Arizona and then – because, I mean, it spawned Single Speed USA to some degree where they stopped awarding the race to the fastest person. It was decided by Derby and everything. I, oh, yeah. Sorry, rabbit rabbit hole. but Dude, No, but
1: like that – so like those – are like I, I, you know, I mentioned like that's one of my favorite events, you know, and it's because regardless of the shenanigans that, you know, the whole cast and crew brings to that weekend, which is the fun part, but like – It just like totally turns off the nine to five. Like you show up and like you don't know what's going to happen next. (laughs) Yeah. And there's just and it's just good quality mountain biking. It's like a it's just a good refresher, like you know, breather from life.
0: It is. It's a uh, it's life tonic, as I like to call it. Life tonic. Yeah, you just it's just need a big old drink of it to set things straight. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right.
1: to,
0: To continue down our a bit of a rabbit hole. So Mm -hmm. Epic Rides, your first event was in 2001, 2003? 2000. 2000 with the Opal. Yeah. Okay. So that's 15 years. A lot has changed for mountain bikes and you've had probably a front row seat for all of it. So in your opinion, what's the good, what's the bad, and what are you the most impressed by?
1: Hmm. I don't think there's really any bad that comes to mind. Uh,
0: Didn't the Trek Y frame come out during that time period though?
1: That was introduced. The Y bike was probably introduced <laughs> in '95. Oh, okay. I'm getting my four '94. I bet. Okay. And then it probably was done away with around
0: 2001, two. So you, so, my... so Epic Rides killed the Y bike. We'll say. <laughs>
1: Yeah, pretty much. All pretty right, much. perfect. um So, no, but on the I think on on the on the <laughs> innovation side, I think maybe one of the best things is lights. You know, like going from a, a halogen, a ten watt halogen bulb. Like looking at our rules for the twenty four hours in El Pueblo, and there used to be like you have to have at least one minimum lights, one light source with a minimum of ten watts. <laughs> Fuck. Don't even measure that anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ten volts maybe it was. Yeah, like that measurement doesn't even exist in the lights anymore, man. Like, um, and then of course we went to HID, and so then it was like, yeah, you can get an HID light. It's just going to cost you seven hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> for you know. <laughs> and it's, it was ridiculous, and then this and then the bulb burned out in a year, you know. And it was like it's like one of those torches where it like had to warm up. It's like a, you know, it's like a tennis court light or something like that. And then and now LEDs. LEDs are awesome you know i run i have a 750 lumen um like led trail light uh i think i spent like 120 bucks on it and and it's like light for days it's probably just as much as that hid ever had you know yeah <laughs> it's a fraction of the cost uh so again it's that accessibility but i think i think that's a nice you know night riding is good do you do any night riding
0: uh, not so much. I, I used to, so when I lived in Tucson, obviously that's, I mean, four months out of the year, that's the only way to ride a bike. Totally. And then when I moved up to Montana, it became tougher and tougher because when it was the perfect time to night ride, you freeze your balls off cause it's 20 degrees.
1: <sighs>
0: and then, yeah. I And, and then in the, uh, and then in the summer for the ideal, like temperature to night ride in, you'd have to wait till 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> for it to be dark enough, um, right. which is a bit tricky. And then, I mean, now in Colorado, I haven't done when I used to, my office used to be a two mile or excuse me, a two minute pavement ride to get to a trailhead. And so I would during the winter drive into work with the bike and bring lights and ride right after work, which was perfect. Um, I yeah. haven't been doing that now because I don't work at that office anymore, which sucks, but no, night riding is, I, I mean, that's one, things just come alive at night. And and for those of you out there who have not had the pleasure of riding in the Sonoran Desert, um, that place for, for anything at night, whether it's walking around or riding or driving a car, running, the, the Sonoran Desert at night is the creepiest yet the most beautiful place you can ever imagine, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> it's like a Tim Burton set.
0: Yeah, except with, you know, deadly snakes and lizards.
1: Yeah, that four months in the summer when you're riding at night, like you're you're dodging rattlesnakes. It's the most messed up
0: experience. Yeah, and if you're not dodging rattlesnakes or dodging Gila monsters, and if you're not dodging Gila monsters, you're dodging a pack of javelinas, and and when you're not dodging dodging animal, you're just doing everything to stay out of cactus. It's It's uh, a yeah, it's But it is a
1: whole different experience.
0: It is and and it's absolutely amazing. I mean, you can just uh I mean, I, I remember I used to when I worked in Tucson, I was over at Grant and I10. Okay. So, a lot of my rides were Star Pass, Gates Pass and all that. And I mean, you in the in the summer, or excuse me, in in the winter, even when at night it's 50, 45 degrees, you go out and you ride up Star Pass and and get on the other get on the the west side of it. I mean that's just fucking amazing.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's backyard too. It's really yeah, and if
0: on. you can if you can time it right too, you wind up at the uh, you can get the free tequila at the Hilton. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, <laughs> so so pro tip for anyone it's out so, there, food um,
1: drug cyclist.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the. <laughs> You always, if you could time it, like you a, could. Like a
1: 10 minute window.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, step up your game. So, all right. Pro tip for That's those of you. Right there. If, if you, uh, if you're ever in the Tucson area and you're riding the Hilton at Star Pass is right off the trail <laughs> right. network, the mountain bike trail network and Star Pass. And every night, I think it's at sun, it's either sunset or like 6 p.m. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do the tequila toast. And if you just walk in, and I mean, they don't make you present a room key. You just look like you belong there. You get a free shot of tequila. They tell you some story, and it's good tequila. You throw it back, and then you're, you're on your merry way. It's uh, totally, yeah. Pro uh, tip, life hack.
1: I had, all right, I kind of touched on it earlier. It just occurred to me. Big changes, um, industry-wise, the mountain bike. I, I am like it's kind of ridiculous. I'm blown away by this bike that I got, and I'm not gonna like you know. It's on. If you want to find out, just go. It's our sponsor. Go look them up, you know. But okay. but like,
0: and your sponsor is Kona.
1: No, no, they were back in the day. Who's and your sponsor? They,
0: like, Who's pivot. your? Pivot. Yeah. Todd. Yeah. Fuck it. You. We're we're all about pumping sponsors and all that. So pivot bikes. They're great. They're at of... Yeah, their fucking suspension <laughs> is spot on
1: it's a well okay all right so two different rabbit holes uh the pivot mach 429 trail it just came out got it in august and and they were cool they like got me one early um but the i guess two things like full suspension you always paid a penalty because it was heavier and it was inefficient now you can you can build a trail bike that is you know 27 pounds and is, you know, stable platform so you can ride up hills and you don't pay a penalty. They don't pogo stick around or anything like that. And so they're you know, just as efficient to go uphill. And then when you turn it downhill, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, I don't – I'm blown away. My, my first observation was this trail that is blatantly bumpy is now very smooth. My next observation was, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how quick I'm going.
0: <laughs> that, that oh, shit moment?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. It was it was awesome. Like I was talking to a guy who's a, an engineer. His name's on most bikes that are sold in America, and we were we were kind of lamenting about how ridiculously how fast you can go on trail bikes, and and just how comfortable they are. I mean, it's it's everything that we ever wished a cross country bike was, and 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 multiply it by ten. It's, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I still don't own a dual suspension mountain bike, and I'm afraid that if I get one, it's it's like no going back because. There's still that part of me where it's like, oh, I rode a rigid single speed for, for years and da-da-da, who needs suspension, and then get on it. And you're just like, no, th- I was just fucking dumb. This is pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> it, yeah. Like, my my philosophy was always like, I'm going to wait to ride full suspension until my body can't handle a hardtail, and then I'll go to full suspension, and I'll be able to ride just as fast on a full suspension, but, you know, have the luxury of of, of suspension, right? And then this thing came out, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a try dude i'm glad i didn't wait any longer I think it's, i'm not like over the moon it's kind of ridiculous i haven't been this excited about mount i've been mountain biking since 95 been riding bikes since i basically started riding a bike as a small child and never stopped racing road bikes and i turned like 11 or 12 and like i've never been this excited about a, a bike ride like to the day like now if i work late which is pretty common i will i will run out, uh, drive to the trailhead and get in a 40 minute ride, a 35 minute loop in star pass. Uh, just cause I want to go out and ride my bike. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I, you know, at some point I was like, that eh, maybe I don't need to go out today. You know, I've only got an hour instead. I'm like, I'll, I'll take that 40 minutes if I can get it, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. You get it while you can. And I, I mean, so yeah. So going back to that, you, I mean, when old Pueblo starts in 2000, what that was the probably like the big dual suspension cross country racer was like what a gti drive (laughs) the the giant nrs um i'm trying to no
1: you're still probably a 2004 or 5 i bet
0: no i was i was working at a shop in 2001 selling the giant nrs really yeah they existed Didn't didn't they have some sort of like magic link or something like that They, they may have, I'm, I mean, I, I remember, and it may have not, I mean, giant had a dual suspension cross country racer in 2000, 2001. That was pretty, pretty good for the day. But I mean, what, like Trek had the fuel, I think. And, and so, and what did, was Titus around at that point?
1: Uh, Yeah. So that's the other rabbit hole is that like pivot is cool. Pivot's fantastic. Their bikes are impressive. Um, But Chris Cocalus is kind of amazing. Like, Chris is the guy he founded Titus. Yeah. Um, Titus was around. Uh, I think that they started, like, late 90s, um, and he started it out of his garage, you know, like, I think during college. And then, uh, you know, built that up and then exited that company uh, and then started Pivot uh, shortly after, you know, he was able to get back into the bike industry, basically. And like, you got to hand it to the guy. He's built two extraordinarily, like, I don't want to say successful, like two, two amazing bike brands, you know, like they're both successful. Yeah. But like he's building bikes that are fantastic.
0: Yeah. I, like, well, I was going to say, they're bikes that work. Um, work
1: really well in a, in an industry where not all bikes work really well, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they should just be hardtails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, I mean, you, that's the, I mean, that's the evolution though, which is really, really trippy because now, I mean, you're 27 pound, 29 inch, what, four up front, four and back dual suspension with disc brakes. And what, is it a one by or a two by? It's a one by. And that
1: was something I was curious about. You can climb the steepest hills and, you know, you don't run out of your small, small ring doesn't run out, you know, like I'm never running that fast that I need more.
0: Yeah, I mean that's yeah. It's so weird to think of what and like I said when when we first went down, this is like you know you've you've kind of seen all this evolve and you've seen it evolve over the 24 hours. So yeah, obviously your your comment that lights have been just the evolution of that have been so insane. But then seeing the I mean, because the bike that works the best in the old pueblo doesn't work the best in Grand Junction. And what works the best in Grand Junction may not work the best in Carson City, and so on and so forth. And, um, yeah, just seeing how that's changed over the years. It, Cause I'm sure every year there has to be, you looking back on it, that one bike that was the bike of the year that everyone had to have. You know, when it was the Superfly by Gary Fisher and then Trek, and then when it was the, the, the Epic by, um, the S word. And, you know, now with the, <laughs> Now with the 429, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, that's the, for, for an industry that in some ways can't get out of its own way with evolving standards, but then to see how much progress they've made is, uh, it's, it's insane. It's
1: pretty impressive. Like, for the, for, the, for the person out there that's listening that rides a hardtail and is true to the hardtail roots, I don't blame you, but I dare you to go and demo uh, a well built trail bike just i dare you you it's, will <laughs> you will be you'll be further into the dark side than you've ever been i i anyway.
0: won't I, I i say this a lot but the reason i'm afraid to is the same reason i've never done cocaine and it's <laughs> it is just purely out of the fear that i will love it and then and then that's really bad i mean obviously cocaine loving cocaine is a lot worse than loving a trail bike but The ultimate fear of like, either, either this is a horrible time and I never want to do it again, but worse off, like, fuck, I need that every day. (laughs) Yeah, but that's that 40 minute ride after work. That 40 minute (laughs) ride, I know, I wish, yeah, I mean, if I still worked at Grant and I-10, it'd be a different story, I don't, (laughs) I don't live there anymore. Um, So, I got another,
1: another uh, walk down memory lane. Okay. Uh, Well, no, what do you got, what do you got? (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I've been I've been driving for 40 minutes. You take the reins. Uh, hold on one sec. All right. Well, Todd is looking. Once again, another reminder, the new Mountain Bike Radio page is up on the interwebs, www.mountainbikeradio.com. Give it a shout. So, uh,
1: all right. So, having having – on the event side of things, having done this for it's actually going on seventeen years. Uh, two thousand was the first twenty-four hour. This year, two thousand fifteen was the sixteenth, so we're building our seventeenth right now, which filled up remarkably quick, it's kind of frightening. Um, but watching all the event, all the different event events, kind of ebb and flow. In particular, like national series. Mm-hmm. So you started. You mentioned it earlier, like. Uh, um, who you talk, oh, You were talking about uh, Shower, those guys. Yeah.
0: Um, Nothing and, says mountain biking like a freight company.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think their heart's in the right place. <laughs> um, so, uh, so started riding with Norba and and racing, and that's of course when I got like really turned on to mountain biking. And then watched like the you know, Norba evolve into USAC. Um, Granny Gear was actually talking to Laird Knight earlier today. I don't know if you remember Laird Knight from Granny Gear, or if you remember Granny Gear, 24 hours in Moab.
0: Hey, that's why I say that you should be in the Mountain Bike Hall of Fame, because they put him in there, and...
1: Yeah, but that dude's the father of 24-hour racing. Like... That guy also ripped me <laughs> like... off.
0: He, he rips people off for parking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't improve the best. Yeah, but... back
0: when he did, he he was, it was like... You know, $10 a day to park there. And then you just imagine he's lighting a cigar with a $20 bill.
1: Laird's <laughs> um, a pretty good dude. He's he's a pretty, he's a pretty interesting guy. Uh, but so, yeah, to watch those guys sort of, you know, do their thing. Um, adrenaline, of course, or start as tri-life and then transition into adrenaline and then into nothing. Yeah, I was uh, going to
0: say I'd never even heard of adrenaline. No, (laughs) no. Is that that a bad thing?
1: (laughs) Not not really. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, So they produced a bunch of 24 hour races too back in the day.
0: Oh, okay. All right. 24 hours of adrenaline. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right.
1: Sorry. Left off some key words there. Um, But, and then of course uh, you got the show air guys doing their thing. And and I think that's kind of a USAC show air thing. Um, And then uh, Leadville doing their thing you know having their their series of events i think they're down to like three events so they have kind of you know ebbed and flowed uh and then uh uh the north uh north american ultra endurance series the new series um yeah that's yeah.
0: that's been around for pushing a decade now
1: yeah yeah ryan come on what's his last name he's a good guy i can't think of him it's killing
0: me Is that that memorable huh
1: Oh no. <laughs>
0: Ryan O'Dell. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but they're doing good things. They've got um they've got a bunch of events, like an event network, you know? And uh and they're rewarding people, which is cool. Like if you win you get you get uh, a chance of going, I think, to Costa Rica or something like that for an event down there. It's it's kinda of neat thing to win, you know. Well-
0: all right. So then going down those lines, so you've seen the evolution of not just the race series domestically, but obviously the evolution of race, mountain bike racing over the course of coming on 17 years now. And I mean, you can even see it with a race like the, uh, I don't know if, I, I, I certainly know that like the Transylvania Epic they're doing yeah. Pennsylvania. I mean, they've only been around for five, six years, maybe seven now, but in that short time, I mean, they were a stage race, but then they put in the enduro segments, you know, so people, you're not going to, you can focus on the enduro segments for, for your stay there. I mean, how do you either choose when to incorporate that, when to ignore it, when to just say, or, or I mean, for the most part too, it's just like, look, we've got this formula, it works and we're going to stick to it rather than trying to, you know, it's like, I mean, there's a reason no one is, you know, baking a ham on Thanksgiving. It's because turkey works.
1: (laughs) Wait, we weren't supposed to have ham last week?
0: Uh, If you did, good for you. You went against the grain. But the vast majority, they just say, fuck it, turkey works. And that's what we're doing. Um, Maybe we'll deep fry it as opposed to put it in the oven. But, you know, so, I mean, how do you, I mean, is that a thing that's come up in the, in you know, an epic rides meeting where it's like, for grand junction, we're going to have these enduro segments.
1: So what well, we do have, I don't know that I would call them enduro segments. We have like the king and queen of the mountain challenge. So it might be opposite of enduro. It's like climbing. Okay. Um, yeah. So we have some stuff that's sort of similar to that, but, uh, it, this is a pretty, um, what's the word? Innovative space, right? Excuse me. Uh, 24-hour races were the coolest thing since sliced bread for seven years, and then they started uh, to taper off, you know? Um, Like, all these things sort of, like, they become trendy, people enjoy them, and then they may or may not stick around, they may move along. But if if you look at people that are racing enduro, uh, you know, for that example in particular, um, you know, there's certainly a contingent that comes from cross-country, and there's an even bigger contingent that comes from downhill, and, you know, our audience, our you know, people who riding in the Off Road series, the Whiskey, the Grand, and soon to be the Carson, um, those are predominantly, like, trail riding, cross-country type people, right? Um, so we want to provide them a product that's appealing to them. Like, Will we dabble with segments? Sure, we already are a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, we want it to just appeal to, like, the tried and true mountain biker, regardless of what they want to call themselves, you know? As long as they are okay with some sustained climbing and some equally rewarding descents, then that's our that's who we want to show up and have fun at our events.
0: Good. That's yeah. The uh, excuse me, we called it enduro. It should be referred to as ED, as the affliction <laughs> that affects a lot of forty year old males. Um, like you,
1: you know, if you go chasing those things around, like they're just going to be the like, the flavor of the day. Well,
0: yeah, I mean. Yeah, then you would have wound up with the epic epic rides twelve hour series, and then you would have wound up with the epic rides, you know, gravel grinder series, and now it would be the epic rides enduro series, and you'd just be in a giant pig fuck of, you know, what events fuck. are still working. Yeah, a pig fuck. Which <laughs> of all the fucks you can be involved in, what's worse than a pig fuck?
1: Or more exciting? I mean, or <it's>,
0: What's the what's the line from Celebrity Jeopardy? And and the show has reached a new low. <laughs> the,
1: the challenge is catching the pig now.
0: The challenge. And if it's a grease pig, fuck. All bets are off. Better Jello. Jello
1: never. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna say something um, right now because I know that my parents are probably listening. Uh, Mom and Dad. <laughs> sorry for the money you wasted on all my education because this is what it's gone towards. Sorry.
1: They're just glad to see you putting it to use. you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. If, if they only knew ahead of time. Ooh, Jesus. Um, yeah.
1: No, I, you know, our events are really intended to, to maybe have a, a slightly more um, like, uh, like broader appeal, you know? Well, so it's not, it's not so centric to um, ED where it's all about the downhill. You know, um, and it's not so centric to cross country where it's you know like all out all you can do for you know an hour and a half or two hours or whatever. It's more about like being a mountain biker and knowing that you enjoy riding your bike and giving yourself an excuse to go and for a day like blatantly turn your phone off and unplug and go ride and then you know be be around people that you want to be around for a weekend you know for a whole weekend where you're just Kicking it. Living the lifestyle versus, you know, going out and bludgeoning yourself over a hour and a half multiple loop environment or uh waiting at the top of a descent that would be far more fun to just roll into and keep going, you know?
0: <laughs> S- sounds like you're talking about a good day on the bike. <laughs> oh, you like shameless. that. You're shameless. You like that. <laughs> um All right, so let's we're we're coming close to the end because I don't want to keep you too late to your office. Um, a few more. Uh, you expanded into the bike packing for Tour of the White Mountains, which is kind of like the long forgotten epic rides event. It seems, but I did it. Um, I did it the one year it got rained out, and you just had us ride a 33 mile like dirt road loop back yeah. in 2000. If you remember that back in 2006,
1: it's our first year with that event. Oh, was it really? Yeah.
0: No, it yeah. couldn't have been.
1: No, well, that the event just had its 20th year, but we we had taken it over um, from the hospital. And it, we continued to raise funds for them. But, like, they were producing it. They didn't want to produce it anymore. It was too good of an event for, you know, the bike community didn't want it to go away. So, people were like, oh, come on, you know. And so, we did. We took it over. and We had to earn it that year, man. We had to- <laughs> Yeah, that was
0: – well, Here, I mean, to a testament, I mean, after that event and – I mean I was signed up for the old pueblo in no time and and even that um so you know Scooby right Yeah So like to, by total happenstance I had Capag- what's that Is it
1: Kepages yeah. yeah
0: Yeah By total happenstance like I wound up at the in his campsite that night and wound up riding with him the whole time and then smash cut to 2 days later or something it's like they're inviting me to join the the fetish mountain bike team and all that. I mean, I'd, I'd been in Arizona for three and a half months at that point. It's like, all right, fuck. If, I mean, could you ask for a better, like for a 21 year old kid, could you ask for a better community to just wind up being absorbed into? It was amazing. Um, but yeah, that, that event was that year was, it's like, oh yeah, a hundred miles on single track. And then it's like, no, a hundred miles on gravel road. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but you know, we were pretty innovative because these days people would die to do a hundred mile. People riding, they'd, right?
0: they'd slap a a world championship <laughs> logo on it or something, and you know, it's, and they well, I mean, yeah, you were just ahead of your times because now they make specific bikes for those events.
1: Yeah, big deal. <laughs> big deal.
0: So back to the original, you you had bike packing at that. You did the 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 fifty mile race. You just broke it up into two days and had yeah. Blackburn come in and be the tour guides, I guess? Totally. I mean, is that another... Are you guys looking to doing that other than at the White Mountains, or is it going to be White Mountain specific?
1: Uh, no, that'll be unique to the White Mountains. So, okay. like, the, the 24-hour race is its own monster, right? 24 hours yes. public, Four days in the desert, wandering, like, you know, who knows what's going on, and just finding your bike every once in a while and turning a lap, and then kind of yeah. going back to...
0: Counting sort of dead right. field mice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> scientific name is dipotomy. We've studied them. If right, PETA so,
0: only knew what your events do to the field mice population of, of the Sonoran Desert. Dude,
1: I got so concerned. I, <laughs> I, I, I reached out to a specialist to find out if we were having a, bag, a bad effect. <laughs> How else do you think I know the scientific name of that mouse? Yeah, yeah that
0: makes sense. Do
1: so you want to hear something funny? So I was riding in Hartman Rocks in Gunnison. Uh, the same place that Growler is, uh, Dave Ween's event, and um, and and I think I was, I, don't, I think it was a 24 hours in the Sage. and and on on one of my night laps, and the entire experience of riding this whole thing like over and over again, there was one mouse on one lap, and I hit it. <laughs> I was like, this has got to be some sort of weird like. <laughs>
0: It would have been better if there was one mouse and you went to avoid it and it caused you to crash or something. And it's like, finally, the, the karmic retribution of all of the field mice that Epic rides the 24 Hours in the Old Pueblo is killed. It's the the one field mice in Colorado that causes you to crash.
1: Brutal. Um, yeah, so 24 Hour Race is its own special experience. Uh, the Off-Road Series, uh, again, its own special experience. It's everything from... You know, single track to occasional dirt roads to you know climbing, descending, everything else. The tour of the White Mountains is again, is its own special experience. It's becoming one heck of an awesome experience. We we moved it a couple of years ago, kind of rebuilt it, and um, so now it's back in the Pine Top Lakeside, uh, among the the pines and stuff like that. And and the bike packing part just fits that venue really well. They've got like. Just a whole like noodle hole of trails in in Pine Top Lakeside in that area. So for people to be able to show up and and go and explore them for a night and then join us for the party, it, it seems to make sense. You know, bikepacking is kind of a, a cool niche that's getting a little more attention these days, and um, you know, for people to experience an event weekend that way kind of aligns with current interest in mountain biking.
0: So what? So there's no plans to make the the bikepacking part where you do the the whiskey fifty and then bike pack. To Prescott, and then, or excuse me, you bike pack from Prescott to Grand Junction, and then you bike pack from Grand Junction to Carson City.
1: We're gonna create a, um, a a bike packing enduro bike uh, that that pieces together all the events over a four month period.
0: I'm telling you, there there are enough people who are crazy where they will figure out the route to get from Prescott to Grand Junction to Carson City and to to hit the races in due time.
1: Hey, so to come in here, you got to go grab two beers out of the fridge.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> uh, in the kitchen. Okay. That is, the, you know, know,
0: that is a boss right there. We have there. a special guest. Oh, who's that?
1: <laughs> uh, hold on. He'll come back. He's going to have beers. It's the, the, the BY podcast. Um, Special guest tax. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the bike packing thing, um, it, it seems like a good idea.
0: Okay, you've heard it here first. The bike is a good idea.
2: You, have you done any bike packing?
0: No, not enough. Um, yeah. I should, but that was one of my major disappointments. That you know, when I, I mean, my opinion. You know, like the Idaho's and the Montana's, they're the best for bikepacking, and I never uh, did enough while I lived up there, so. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Cheers. Uh, so, um, this is 40 Hands. On, we're on the BUI podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. All right. Here, grab a chair. I can he see you?
0: No, I, I can only see that he's wearing a swam, uh, SRAM vest.
2: A SRAM vest?
0: <laughs> I've had a few. Holy shit. Todd Williams <laughs> Ladies Not and much. gentlemen, you're wh- how many fuck, Todd, never mind. You wait, other Todd. Wait, which Todd?
1: Todd S,
0: fuck you and your mountain bike hall of fame. We're going to to Todd W for the mountain yeah, bike hall of I fame nomination. Me, right? Yeah. All right, well, this is this is the first we have a We've been oh, yeah, diving, we've I been got... uh podcast bombed by Todd Wells. <laughs> there you go. Todd, welcome yeah. to the podcast. Thanks. Do you listen to much mountain bike radio podcasts?
2: A little bit. I don't listen to much podcast. Why not? <clears throat> I don't know. I'm out there riding all the time. I should. More just music, though. Fair enough. I live it. Every day, 24-7. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, I don't
0: know what any questions I had for Todd of Epic Rides apply to you, so fuck it. Um You're down in Tucson for training, I'm guessing?
2: Yeah, I come down here, it seems like forever now, maybe for the last 15 or 20 years in the winter, um, at least a few weeks, more recently, four or five months out of the year. All right, so
0: I'm guessing you just kicked off your trip down to the the desert?
2: Yeah, um, I made the pilgrimage down a couple days ago.
0: Okay, so well then good. what's on the short-term plan for you? Just lots of miles on the road or fun time on trail?
2: Yeah, well, today I did a little bit of both. We have a good um, a good cycling community down here in Tucson. They have great group rides um, super early in the morning. So um, still cold. I leave the Wait, cold. Why, why is I- it
0: super early in the morning this time of year?
2: Well, seven thirty the ride starts, so the sun comes up about seven twenty, I'd say. So anyway, I was out there this morning on the road, and then this evening, um, sunset on the mountain bike. So little of both.
0: Nice. And where'd you ride? What uh, mountain bike ride did you
2: do? Uh, loop up in Star Pass.
0: Did you stop at the Hilton for the free tequila?
2: No, that would be a good, uh, a good call, though. I have many times in the past been up there for the tequila toast.
0: Yeah, Todd Todd didn't think that you can just time your mountain bike ride so you get the free tequila.
2: That never occurred to me. It's, it's kind of, of genius, Todd. dude.
1: <laughs> that's strong uh, Star Pass mountain biking game right there.
0: I know. I mean, for all the things I'm pretty worthless at, that's one of the things I got a decent mojo for, I guess. Um, all, right, well, t- all right, so Todd, so you do the – You've done. Wait, which Epic Rides events have you won by now?
2: <laughs> none of them. But really? I've done flat tire in just about all of them.
0: <laughs> well, that sucks. Then which ones will you be that, winning? What's that? I don't
2: know. When we had that Nike team, I, no, it wasn't a junior thing. No, never mind. None of them.
0: All right. So then, which ones will you be winning this year?
2: Um. Definitely the whiskey, Grand Junction, and the new event, the Tahoe event. Carson City. Carson City. Carson City.
0: If they make it available, will you take the uh, prostitute shortcut?
2: (laughs) Man, I don't know what my wife would have to say about that. You know, if it were up to me, I would consider it, but I don't think that would be good for the family. (laughs) That was my
0: suggestion to Todd, was that – because, like – if it's, if it's anything like the whiskey where you have that 13-mile slug of hell out of Skull Valley, where if you can just, if it's you better. say like, what's that? It's better. It's better. Oh, God. Yeah. But you tell someone <laughs> in Carson City, like, all right, we'll cut half that off if you just, you know, bang this prostitute. I, w- I, w- I, w- I just wonder how many people would go for that.
2: <laughs> it works for Lamar Odom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gets his marriage back together.
2: I know. Remember that time we did that
1: podcast interview and everything just went off the rails?
0: (laughs) Todd, I think the new low has reached a new low. (laughs) All right. So you're going to win all three of the off-road races, which is going to put six figures in your pocket. Yeah. Because that's one thing about the off-road series is there's a whole bunch of money. Aside from that, what other uh, races or events are you doing this year?
2: Yeah, so I'll do a bunch of the uh, Pro FCT US Cup events, um, national champs for cross country marathon. Leadville is always a big event on my schedule. Um, a few cycle cross races here and there, so a little bit of everything.
0: Are you still try Are you done over and done with Olympics, or is that another goal?
2: No, I'm done with Olympics. To um, to qualify for the team and to be competitive at all, you have to be racing the world cup full time. And I stepped away from that, um, two years ago. And so I'm more domestic based now. And, um, no, I've, you know, if I thought I could do better than my previous results, I would go for it. But I think last time around I had my kind of career best. And I think that was as good as I was going to get.
0: All right. So then who do you think's making the team for men and women in 2016? (laughs)
2: Man, there's some uh, good battles, and you know, the women will probably get two slots, but the men are kind of on the bubble. There's a chance they'll only send one, maybe two, depending on how the early part of the um, international season goes for the guys. But we have a lot of strong guys. Howard Grotz, up-and-comer, he's great in the, I think he was third overall in the U23 World Cup this year. He won the Um, whiskey last year. Yep, he won the whiskey He's he's got a great shot. We have Steven Ettinger, who was the um, national champ two years ago and has been the top elite rider for the past couple of years. Keegan Swenson is still U-23. He's uh, up and comer out of Utah, who's been having a great international season. I think he was he didn't have the best World Cup season last year, but the previous year he was second or third at World Cup finals. So we have some good international riders, um, you know, and that's just your kind of top three. Russell Finsterwald's in there, and there's a bunch of guys that are close. So it should be exciting. And then Georgia Gould, bronze medal last time. She's had kind of a rough couple of years, but seems to be pulling it back together, um, coming around now. There's so many good girls. I mean, they're going to be battling for that spot.
0: Does uh, do you think? How do you think Epic Rides' favorite child, Chloe, fare?
2: Exactly, Chloe. You know, current national champ. Also, <laughs>
0: it's, she wins all your fucking events.
2: How can she not? And she's from Arizona. How can she? She's she's a Midwest girl, but no how, Boulder. How she- or no,
0: Is she Boulder? Or yeah, Wisconsin?
2: she's from Boulder. TJ, her husband's from, Wisconsin. from Wisconsin. She's from Boulder. Huh. But yeah, <laughs> Chloe, Anyway, man, also she's such an explosive rider and with the Olympic format of mountain bike racing with shorter laps, shorter climbs, it favors a more explosive rider. So she's got a good shot. Yeah, there's a bunch of girls. Erin Huck is up there. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some girls, but I'd say there's also for the women, five or six women that have a legitimate shot at making the team.
0: Now is this, oh no, because twenty2,000. 2000... When was the last time? Oh, 2004 was when they had the movie and the big thing for the women was they only could send one. But I think since then they've been able to send two, right?
2: Yeah, that's correct. So uh, since that movie, we've gotten two slots for the women, two for the men. And this year, the women, I think, are pretty locked into that. Those two slots and the men are still in the bubble with one or two.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm pulling for Steven Ettinger.
2: All right. He's got a great shot.
0: Yeah, and I, he slogs it through Montana winters, so I like that too. That's got to count for something. That those are like hard man miles. Oh man. Doesn't, I guess doesn't have to go down to the to the the lovely climate of Tucson to get the real miles in.
2: You know, with with age comes great wisdom. <laughs>
0: I know. I was. I was telling Todd. I did a. Uh, I spent a year in Tucson, where I loved to love the winters there, and then moved up to Montana and loved the summers there. So, anyone who can figure out the best of because the, the, the cycling house people. Do you ride with them? Yeah. Yeah. So the people in the cycling house, they figure that out. They just winter in Arizona and then summer in Montana. They're geniuses.
1: Yeah, they got a good thing going.
0: They do. That's. I, I was. I was hoping you would. If I, I'm hoping that Missoula's on your short list of places for an epic event, but who knows? Why are you, I, Is that a good smile or a bad smile? Is that the dog that's been on the leash?
1: No, it's just a smile. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm more excited about our, our Midwest potential right now than
0: anything. Okay, Midwest. That'll be... <clears throat>
2: They have some great events in the Midwest. We just had the Iceman a couple of weeks ago. I think it's the biggest uh, participation point-to-point mountain bike race in the U.S., maybe five or 6,000 people. It's
1: probably just like biggest mountain bike event participation-wise.
2: Does the, but is Michigan really the
0: Midwest? I don't know. Really? Yeah, really. Wow. Aren't they still in Eastern time zone for the most part? <laughs>
2: I don't think I don't think they're Eastern times. Actually, they might be. I think yeah. you have to get
0: west of the Mississippi oh. to be the Midwest.
1: Is it west of the Mississippi or hmm?
0: You sure about that? Well, that's my. I mean, it's my opinion. I could be wrong.
1: <laughs> don't make me Google.
0: You can Google all you want. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Please, you have to look up people's phone numbers. You can Google what counts as the Midwest.
2: <laughs> well, me. they uh, talk with an accent and eat a lot of cheese up there. So that, I'd say that's Midwest.
0: Okay, I guess.
2: What, what part
1: of the hand are you referring to? Eh? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, they use the hand to tell you the All
0: right, so you're excited about the Midwest. Um, like I said, you guys seem to have better things to do. Here's a question, Todd. Under what circumstances would you ever turn over the leadership or the ownership of Epic rides?
1: <laughs> Only if this Todd wanted to, wanted to take the reins. <laughs> no, I think that, uh, that's, that's fair. I, I don't know that I want to do anything else in the world. So it would, it would take a pretty persuasive person. Um, but I think maybe the, the, the most critical element is that, uh, I kind of look at what we're doing as an, as an opportunity to restabilize mountain biking in America. Um, so it's not just like creating a series, but it's creating a unified front for mountain biking that represents the the majority of the participants or the people that ride and their interests. And if we're if there really was going to be a departure from for me, which I, this is the only thing I've ever done in my life, I can't imagine I would ever do anything else. But but that would mean that mountain biking stabilized and that there's. There's a, a true platform that uh, can be perpetuated in the in the state that you know that we're kind of aiming for that represents the like the authenticity of the sport.
0: Okay, all right. So so Cupcake's not allowed to just take over the reins tomorrow when you go on vacation or something like that.
1: <laughs> no, no, there will be no handing off to Cupcake. <laughs>
0: Poor guy. He seems so responsive. He, you can ask him what counts as the Midwest, because he's from Wisconsin. I think. Yeah. So he, he'll be the the judge and jury on whether or not Michigan's the Midwest. <laughs> um, I don't have anything left, and my drink's done. So, and I don't I don't have former Olympians to go get me refills. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm good at getting beer. You can- <laughs> it's fast. It's very fast. <laughs> Efficient. All right, uh, Todd's.
0: Any anything else you want to add?
2: Anything?
1: Uh, all right, registration opens for the Off-Road Series December 31st. It's a Thursday, and people don't get the day off until the first, the next day. So we figure that what better thing to do on a day at work when you don't want to be there on New Year's Eve than to register for the Off-Road Series for the Whiskey, the Grand, or the Carson event.
0: That's a perfect segue because what better thing to do at work than listen to a podcast when you should be being productive? So uh, people hopefully will be at work listening to this, pretending to do something productive, and we'll hear about registering on the 31st when they're at work. Uh, got their earbuds in and the boss thinks they're focused, but really they're just uh, signing up for the Off-Road series presented by Epic Rides. Todd, thank you for all your time. Todd, thanks for joining in the end. That was a, a lovely welcome surprise. I don't know if it was planned or not, but that was great.
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks for inviting me on.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'll take all the credit for doing absolutely nothing, so <laughs> you're welcome.
2: Well, I mean, once I walked in the room.
0: Well, how about this? Fuck that, Todd. Let's let's make, let's make yeah, some no. history. Do you want to be a podcast guest for the, another BY podcast in the future?
2: Sure, I would love to.
0: Okay, we're setting it up. You can, uh, if, if you want someone sober, I'll talk to Ben and he'll do it and ask real questions. And if you don't mind, I'll just wind up slurring my r- words and asking a bunch of stupid questions.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. That's, that's what I prefer. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Todd, it's www.epicrides.com for all questions and registration and everything. You got it. All right. So epic rides, the 24 hours in the old Pueblo, the whiskey off road in Prescott, Arizona, the Grand Junction off road in Grand Junction, Colorado, the soon to be started Carson off road in Carson City, Nevada with the prostitute shortcut and the tour of the White Mountains in Pine Top Lakeside, Arizona. Nailed it. Wow. Oh. I pulled it off. You'd, you'd think You're I was higher. practicing. <laughs> all right uh thank you both for your time uh this was a blast and thanks once again to mountain bike radio for putting all this on bye
1: thanks for having us see (laughs) you